All right. You've been waiting for this one a long time, Adrian. Episode 69. It's a big one. KT Confidential. Close the, my laptop here. Thanks. The yeah. KT Confidential podcast. We're your hosts, Adrian Trott, Ariel Cremendi. And today we want to talk a little bit about the coronavirus. We said we're we going to drink Coronas this morning. I know. You know what? I, I thought it was a good idea. I don't think I could stomach it right now. No. First thing in the morning, my day would be shot. So when you go south. Yes. Which you haven't been for a long. The last time you were south was probably your wedding eight years ago. Yeah. Or however many years ago that was. Seven? Yeah. Seven? It's, it'll be eight in November. Yeah. Uh, was that the last time you were down south? Uh, two months later, we went to Bahamas. Right. That was the last that. time. Okay. Yeah. So actually, on this topic of coronavirus, and now we started chatting about going south, I wanted to take my family away this winter. Right. Before the weather started getting nice and and warm and, and you know, just break up. I know you like the cold. I'm actually depressed. I saw the rain yesterday and that was depressing to me because... Well, it's not to me because I hate winter. I hate the snow. I hate the cold. I saw a post the other day and it said something along the... I wish I knew word for word, but it said something along the lines of... Listen. You're going to get this amount of snow regardless. So you can either learn to enjoy it and embrace it. And honestly, it's incredible how fast the winter goes when you do. Or you can sit there and be miserable. Because you don't like it. Well, I'll sit there and be miserable because I can handle it for one month. Yes. I can maybe handle it for six to eight weeks. Okay. Beyond that, like if you think about it. Then what is it? The cold, the snow, the cloudiness, the gray skies, the combination of everything. What? I like to be in shorts and a t-shirt. I like to be able to throw sandals on. So. I mean, you could do that. 12, 13 degree weather. It's okay. fine. And then I can take it as hot as hot as it gets. I enjoy the heat too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan of the humidity. And that's why wow. people in this province especially bitch a lot because there's not, not too much of that perfect weather, right? Like maybe right. in July and August, you get a couple of weeks where it's well not too humid, but it's nice and warm. Where and can you go where you get perfect weather? Like they're going to have other issues. Well, yes. I'd say I'd say we've got it pretty good. Well, as you know, uh, I used to live in Nevada, and uh, you get pretty good weather for eight months of the year. Two months, it's a little bit chilly, and then two months, it's so scorching. I remember once going to school, and literally the soles of my running shoes were no like, way. you know, when you pull grilled cheese apart, and yeah, the yeah. cheese, they were start- sticking to the floor. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep. That's how hot it was. The wouldn't the they pavement. keep you home then? No, no, oh. no. They keep you in the pool. Oh, I see. Yeah, our pool, which so we lived in a complex. They used to have to add ice on oh, a regular basis just to make sure it's not hot. Otherwise, you'd be like a tea bag. That's crazy. Anyway, so I wanted to take the family away on a vacation. We were supposed to go last month, and. We really liked the look of the uh, Beaches Resort in Turks and Caicos. I've always wanted to go there. I still think that it should become a province of of Canada. 
but the beaches resort there, they have a portion of it, which is Sesame Street. Um, right. It's like a Sesame Street resort. Okay. So you got all the Sesame Street characters coming around. and Cool. Uh, they set up the backdrop kind of the same way? Like this, the street or the stores and stuff? I don't know. That's a good... That would be a great I'm idea. just thinking like Disney does that sort of stuff. Right. Um, I don't care. As long as there would be stuff to amuse the kids and that I could be on a beach with them. And, and My yeah. question is, how do you choose where you want to go? Because Alicia and I are now talking about it. So we are going to go away probably towards the end of the year um, or, or early next year at the latest. But how do you pick? There's so many places, like so many different types of things you can do. You can do... Well, are you going to go with the kids? That's another thing. I think so. I mean, well, that's the first thing we you got to decide. We both kind of. That's the first thing. Are you taking the kids or not? Yeah, I don't know. We might do like a. Because if short... I'm not going with the kids, I'm going to an adult only resort. Yes. Of course. That's 100%. Yeah. And I will spend probably more money on that type of a vacation because it doesn't happen very often, as you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and spoil us. I would totally spoil us with spa days and, you know, making sure the food was like top, top notch, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't want to risk going without the kids and not having an absolutely perfect vacation. That's the kind of vacation I'd even upgrade yeah. uh, to first class and the whole bit. Spend spend your savings. I don't care. I live for vacations. I work for vacations. So um, that's what I would do if I'm taking the kids. Then I'm making sure that they've got enough activities to drain them the hell out during the day because it's going to be warm anyway. Yeah. But they'll be tired. They need exercise. They'll be tired. I want them KO'd by like six, seven o'clock after we have some dinner with them. And I would look, I am looking for a place where specifically we could um, have like a swim up pool to the bal or the patio the so patio. you get a first floor yeah then they can be napping inside you go outside exactly that's a good and idea. one that's got room service so you don't have to leave so if you're hungry you want to drink yeah. whatever uh, and a lot of the good resorts you know they have the bartenders going around those pools oh you bring a nanny or uh thought yeah, about your in-laws or thought, something oh, right oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> if they don't watch this or listen to it. I think they're, you know, and we've talked about that actually inviting uh, family members uh, to join us and in-laws and whatever. But um, I think there's something to be said about just just your little family going together and, and, and having a vacation. Because, you know, when you're in the same place, especially in winters here, you're not, you don't leave your house too much. Yeah. And you don't leave too much as a family. Like maybe you're going snowboarding or, you know, uh, we go tobogganing up at uh, Sunny Mount Park once in a while. Um, Going to get the kids involved in skating and hockey and things like that. But sure. But the rest of the time, you're not sitting in your backyard, right? Getting no. some fresh air. Right. You're not, you're in the confines of your home. So sometimes as a family to get out and do those things. So yeah. it's nice. So anyways, with the coronavirus, kiboshed all of our plans. Right. Um, because we are both um, not afraid, but why risk it? Right. Why risk flying? I know you're flying out tomorrow. So is Jen. Um I don't but, know enough about it to really say a whole lot, but from, I mean, I see even doctors posting on TikTok as an example, 
talking about how it's um it's not fear-mongering, but people are making it more than what they believe it is. And these are doctors, so it's interesting to see the different opinions from people. Well, it's right now going through, I don't know what they call it, some kind of an R rating or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they compared it to um, other viruses and bird flu and all that stuff. Um, it's a form of a flu. Right. The degree of it is what they're trying to identify, uh, and it's affecting different people in different ways. You know, some of the people that were quarantined on those ships, you know, they had a little bit of diarrhea, a little bit of upset stomach, uh, and they're fine otherwise, and they get over it. Their body's immune system just beats it up, and, and you're good. Right. But then other people... Well, people have died from it. So, right. so you know, you you don't know how you're going to react, your your immune system or, or whatever. And um, there might be different degrees of this virus going around that they don't even know. Um, and how you catch it or how you get over it. Like they're working on, um, you know, finding out what are the antibodies and, and coming up with something to to fight it, some kind of a um, shot, I guess, or whatever, however they'll administrate, right. administrate it. But anyways, the, the fact is it's become some kind of a epidemic in its own way globally. Uh, it is affecting travel immensely. Travel for sure, for sure. Uh, it's affecting the stock markets immensely. Mm -hmm. Like I look at Facebook, took a pounding, by the way, if you want to buy Facebook stocks, like now is the time to do it because they took a pounding in the last Anything few days. Anything in the U.S. right now is down huge. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Create opportunity, right? Um, because it will bounce back. This will blow over. It's not. Uh, it's not going to be around for months and months. Uh, I don't believe that, anyways. No. Well, so the but, question, question so, we had come through was: Does it affect the real estate market? So I'm getting to that. So if it affects the global markets, affects stocks, it affects travel. Um, there's so many things that trickle down from it that it affects. Some things benefit, like we somebody chimed in on our was it Instagram or Facebook where fa um, oh the food. Costco yeah sold our out IG of all live kinds of stuff post. yeah Costco's out I mean people are having Jen trouble set this morning hand sanitizer. sanitizer you cannot find any anywhere masks yeah. So some companies are benefiting. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously uh, effects on everything. And so does it affect the real estate market? Perhaps. I mean, in fact, I got a, we had, uh, well, one, one of our listings had seven offers yesterday. Another guy called me to ask how many offers there were. And I asked him if he was submitting one. He said, no. And I said, oh, oh how come? Whatever. And he said, well, my clients are concerned about how the coronavirus is going to affect the real estate market. So that was interesting. So obviously it has some degree of effect, but. The market's crazy. So, no, it's Listen, not. Listen, at the end of the day, really people got to live somewhere. Right. I and think at the end of the day, in the province of Ontario, but specifically in the GTA, there's not enough supply for the demand. Right. It's a flu. People are getting sick. You still need a freaking place to live. Mortgage rates are still low. Yeah. I don't think it's having any effect whatsoever. However, 
does it potentially hinder showings and open houses? So are are people becoming so paranoid or so protective or so um, cautious that they don't want to visit a stranger's home? Of course, there are people that are overly cautious or maybe not overly. uh, I don't know if that's overly. If if your wife is pregnant, you're not taking her to a stranger's home. Are you? Are you? I'm sure lots of pregnant people have gone through our open houses and... I don't know. Our open houses have been crazy busy. Yeah. Um, You know, I think people are more cautious of what they're touching and how often they're washing their hands and sanitizing. And sure, some people are going to stay home. But I think it's such a minute... Uh, number that it's really not I think realtors are very exposed actually if you're not taking the proper precautions. Of course, meeting people think about shaking how many hands. how many hands you shake, how many homes you're in, door handles you're touching, keys, lock boxes, all these things. When you uh, sneeze, do you sneeze into your arm? Yes. I can't stand when people they sneeze and they cover their mouth and sneeze into their hands. Yeah, that defeats the purpose. I know. Yeah. Such a simple thing. Well, I can't stand going into the men's room and 50% of the time, buddy in the urinal next to me just walks out after zipping up without washing his hands. Yeah. And Brian you know how often either. that ha- Oh, it's disgusting. How often it I happens. see it all the time. It's gross. Yeah. I, I'm actually... I heard I, women's washrooms are worse than men's washrooms. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Women are hovering over... That's true. They right? squat. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some leakage. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Men's washrooms are disgusting. And then so you've women's got are worse. Other kind of feminine products that might be yeah. improperly disposed of. We'll say it politely. Yeah. Um, and they bust out all this stuff from their bags and leave their. Oh, I've. Well, I haven't seen it firsthand, <laughs> but I've heard many stories. We'll leave it at that. But yeah. Um, so realtors, I think, are very exposed. So we got to be careful. Wash hands. You know. Well, of- and we say it here. In fact, we should implement the policy. As soon as someone walks in this office, first thing they should do is go wash their hands. And properly. Yes. 20 to 30 seconds. Nice warm to hot water. Soap. Yeah. Right? Like we had an employee. Won't mention any names. He's no longer with us. But washing his hands consisted consisted of turning on the cold water. I don't even know if his hands went under the actual water. And within two seconds, that tap was off. Yeah. Uh, What are you washing? Right. Right. So you got to be careful. Sanitizer, I don't know if it works or it doesn't. Yeah, it does. does. I talk to doctors. A lot of doctors, that's what they use between each of their Well, I'm assuming that's why it's in hospitals and you're required to to use it. You know what I heard? Someone said the the other day. Sanitizer, though. Okay, go for it. It's alcohol-based, most of them, except Nor- the Norwex product. The one Are that- you fucking sponsored for Norwex? No, 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 listen. There's lots of non-alcohol-based. Like, name some. Purell has non-alcohol-based. What is it made from? I don't know. Something it, that's not it, alcohol. Yeah, but is it a natural product or not? I have no idea. Well, that's the thing. What's the so, problem with alcohol-based? Just dries your hands out, maybe. Where is it absorbing? Into your hands. Into your freaking skin. Okay. So you drink the stuff. What's the difference? I'm not drinking that stuff. No, but I mean, you want to drink it's such a small amount. Is it? I'm sure it is. Okay. 
I don't know how you think of things, but well, you got to think the pros and the cons. The pro is you're not catching the flu. The con is you've got alcohol absorbed into your skin. Not gasoline. Put it onto your kids' hands? No, I wouldn't. You can get them something different. What? Anyways, I think most of the time I'm just I'm just putting a point. And most of the time we get non-alcohol non-alcohol based products as well. The, what is I it don't based know. of? Alicia takes care of all that shit. Right. And I know she does a good job. So you're flying out tomorrow. You don't have any masks. You don't have any sanitizer. I have lots of sanitizer. Stay home when you come back, okay? Because I don't want you coming in here. That's for damn sure. Uh, The incubation period is something like 7 to 21 days. Good. You want me to stay home for a month? That'd be nice. Okay. Give us a good break here at the office. Those business days are regular days. Might as well get your snowboarding in while you can. In the during the rain. Fall. So, anyways, I don't think the coronavirus has affected real estate in our except for that one person yesterday. <laughs> except for that one person. That, that one person that thinks it's gonna affect. Who lost the real out on market. buying the perfect house? Let me tell you, that one person that didn't want to put the offer in yesterday. Yeah. Two months from now, still won't own a home you because know. now they won't be able to afford it. Yeah. That's Homes true. right now. So that house was priced for eight hundred thousand dollars. It sold for nine percent over asking price. Let's hope we get the deposit before this is well. It's published. live on Monday. We can cancel the whole <laughs> thing if it doesn't. But so it sold for nine percent over asking okay, price. And that asking price was already. Let's put things into perspective because I hate when people over asking. Over asking. Yeah, There's no yeah. substance. We could have priced it at five hundred thousand. So I'll give you a good example. For... So the highest selling in the neighborhood, the most direct comparable recently, which was in the last week, was eight thirty something. Yeah. The there's a house across the street, directly across the street. Same uh, has a basement apartment, which has actually been nicer. The house was slightly larger than ours. I think somewhere around hundred to hundred fifty square feet larger. Um, which in that area is probably fifteen to twenty grand of value. Right. Um, also at the end of the courts, a great spot. It was, it's been on the market. It took two months to sell. They priced it poorly. It didn't look good. They didn't, uh, do any staging. It sold for eight twelve. It was larger, nicer basement. So you got 60 grand more. Right. For the smaller, not as nice house yeah. because of preparation. Well, no, ours was nice. Uh, Upstairs. Yes. Yeah. But theirs was nice. Their basement apartment. had like a nicer kitchen for sure. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, supply and demand played a factor. No supply, high demand, yeah. preparation, staging, marketing, ads, uh, open houses, the whole kit and caboodle that we do obviously made a factor. But 60 grand over the most recent comparable, direct comparable. Yeah. It's big money. It's huge money. They're very happy, obviously. Sell the buyers so are very buyer. happy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get into competition with six other buyers. So well, they can rent out that basement. I'm confident for like fourteen hundred bucks. That's big money to cover the. So mortgage. now this house, I guarantee you. When's the closing? April thirtieth. So two months. Mm-hmm. In that two months, that home is going to go up in value. Probably in the vicinity of 2% per month, the way we're going right now. Right. So it's going to be worth thirty dollars to $40,000 more than they paid for it, because now that's at the ben- benchmark, and uh, supply and demand still going strong. So um, you know what I noticed in Brampton, though? There's not a lot of nice listings. No. 
And I get, we get tons of, you got a good compliment recently, I think in Guelph, but it's interesting. These, some of these markets of people are not putting in much effort. Our Guelph listing that we had last week, which sold. So I don't want to talk about valuation there, but we did extremely well with the final selling price of that property. Yeah. I had no word of a lie. So it was busy. We had a lot of showings. We had a lot of open house uh, attendees. It was busy. Uh, I had no word of a lie. At least five or six realtors that went out of their way. A couple were text messages. I got a couple calls. I got a, a DM. Other agents reaching out to say, you guys did such a nice job presenting this property. Yeah. That's nice feedback. Uh, there was one. So Chris did the open houses there. There was one client. Of oh, the Bank the, of Canada cuts rates by half a point amid coronavirus concerns. Sorry, just popped up on my phone. Wow, how fitting. Yeah, right? Keep, keep the market going strong. Yeah. Well, there you go. So how do you think that's going to affect? So I, the coronavirus is having a positive impact on the market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will. Absolutely. So now, was that a Bank of Canada announcement? Uh, that was Apple News story. Right. But Which is the equivalent of yeah, Bank of Yeah, they got it from Apple the News. Bank of Canada. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's their way of ensuring the market stays strong. But right. I don't think it's needed, quite no. honestly. Now... Yeah. Those seven offers on that property just became 10. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, this is big. This is going to blow shit up. If you are looking to buy a home this year, you better, better do it now. Ian's going to cut up a post of this today if he's got time, because this is really important news. This is good. Half a percent? I'm pretty sure that's what it said. Can you pull the fucking thing up already? Bank of Canada cuts rates by half a point. To 1.25. Whoa. A little preemptive there because they were going to cut some rates later on in the year. Yeah. They pulled it forward. This is, we're talking first week of March. Yeah. The market well, they're is following, scorching. They're following suit with the U.S. Federal Reserve that did similar cut on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, but the U.S. I know, I know. Real estate market there is still messed up. Although some good opportunities for Canadians to buy there. Um, wow, this is big, big news. Huge. You can't buy a home right now without in getting into severe multiple offer situations. No, it's very good. And now? And now you're going to be even more trouble. Not trouble. <laughs> good for sellers. Competitive for buyers. It's going to last for a while, I think, too. It's going to be very, very hot spring market. I'll go back to what we said last podcast, though. It's all relative. If you're going to sell, you got to buy. However, if you're going to sell and you got equity, sell in a seller's market because now you got more equity. What I think more people should do is sell their house. And I, I don't know if it would be hard to do this, but I've contemplated it. Sell your house, cash in on your equity, go rent something, invest the, that money into multiple properties, multiple properties or multi, yeah, multi-residential or multiple single family. And, and, uh, you'll build a really big, nice little comfortable nest egg. Yeah. 
because primary residences are not really much of an investment. So well, kind of like forced un, savings. Unless but, you leverage them properly. Right. If you've got all this equity in your primary residence and you haven't taken a second mortgage or a line of credit to allow you to then use those funds to purchase additional property, you're not doing yourself any no, justice. No, but like people that rely on that money for retirement. But if you think about it, like if rely you rely on what money? A lot of people buy in their retirement no, fund. People, yeah, whatever. But you know what? If people don't do it. Especially Canadians. It's fear. Uneducated. Fear. Uneducated. They, they don't want to lose. They don't want it's, to... It's risk. You know, the problem is nobody teaches... They don't want to take the risk. Nobody teaches this shit. But they Schools don't want to take the risk. teach this stuff. Yeah, nobody teaches it. I'm, I was reading an article yesterday about the top 50 universities or, or post-secondary education globally. Okay. And you see Princeton and Harvard and Oxford and all these high-end uh, Ivy League schools, whatever. You know, they're, they're teaching history and, and uh, English. And, and, and you know what the, the number one um, uh, education is from most of those? It's what? English. Yeah. What the fuck is English? Like, yeah, you learn how to speak English, write English, whatever. English literature. You're going to spend $300,000 and and get a degree in English. What is that going to do for you? That's crazy. Invest in some goddamn real estate. Take some risks. That's Canadians' problems is they're not taking risk on that. Because it's not Canadians' problems. It's human oh, beings. Okay, but Canadians are at risk. They have such an opportunity. You remember Especially when, what we see with what happened in the U.S. Right. Because everybody I talk to, friends, family, when when I'm doing it for our own investments, right? And mm -hmm. now I have primary residence, uh, vacation residence, which is slash rental and uh, rental residence, uh, investment properties. Uh, you're taking a risk because if the market collapses, yeah, you're you're losing. Although... Real well, then estate you just sit on long it, term, rent it out, long term, just don't six to eight percent per year gains. And so a lot of people get here's scared the when, I get. when markets here's drop, the they cash out and they the lose. The pushback is people say, "Oh, but that's all my money, right. and I'm, you know, that's what I'm going to retire with." And yeah, well, you could retire with a shit ton more money if you just risk that one a little bit and get yourself another property. Yeah. Well, think about it this way, too. You buy your primary residence and over, you know, a couple decades, then you retire, you sell, you cash in. How much money have you actually paid in interest? How much money have you invested into the property? Uh, how much, you know, how much have you spent on new appliances and new furniture just to decorate it? You've invested a ton of money and none of it is um, taxable benefit. So I wanted to talk quickly about this article um, that I had saved in my bookmarks from earlier this year from the star because somebody DM'd me last night on Instagram and was asking essentially the same question. It reminded me of the article, so I wanted to chat about it. To finish off this whole, does coronavirus affect the real estate market? No. And now we've got news of- It does in a positive manner for the real estate market. Right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. The real cost of buying a home. Yes. 
The Real Cost of Buying a Home. That's the article's uh, title. And I essentially got the same question. What what are my costs on buying a resale home? And then we started talking about what the cost is of buying a new home. Can we give a quick breakdown on that? Do you want me to start with You're talking about just the initial purchase price? Or are yeah, you like, talking about like the cost uh, to acquire? Cost, cost. And, and the move essential move-in move stuff. Move-in ready cost. Yeah, okay. So here's the breakdown. We'll start with resale home. Yes. You have your land transfer tax. Mm-hmm. Go on to Google, literally type in land transfer tax Ontario. The first three things that come up are great calculators. Click on one, it'll give you that. Just Very, keep in mind if you're in Toronto, you have to basically double it. It actually and breaks it down. Usually an option it breaks it for down. You. Yeah. Yeah. It shows Toronto and the rest of the province. So Toronto, you you've got that extra tax. What the hell else was I going to say there? Land transfer tax. You're probably moving on to the next cost. Lawyer fees. No, thanks. Uh, you got your land transfer tax. You got your lawyer fees. Now, yeah. lawyer fees are separate from the total check that you're going to cut them or the total funds that you're going to pay. So you got your lawyer fees. You also have title insurance. Yeah. Whether or not you have a mortgage. Uh, or whether that mortgage is insured or not, get title insurance, protect your butt, protect the boundaries of your property that you're purchasing. Yeah. You can have disbursements. Disbursements are basically reimbursing the current seller for things that they prepaid for, like, like property taxes. That's right. Um, now you've got moving costs. We won't include that because on, on both sides of the ledger, you're going to have to hire movers, I would assume. Or do it yourself. Or do it yourself. Whatever. Get some friends, pizza yeah. and beer. I don't know. It's pretty well it. If you've got a good resale home that you've purchased, it's going to have appliances and all the stuff you need. So yeah. land transfer tax, the um, the seller is paying for the brokerage fees. So you're not paying any salespeople, anything. Land transfer tax, lawyer fees, you're good to go. And those are all collected at time of closing, a few days before closing. Yes. So the only money that you need up front is some deposit money, which gets held in trust until closing. Right. And obviously, if there's anything you want to do to the house, but those are personal choices. Right. Usually they come with the window coverings. They come with the appliances. They, they You've already got the fence, all these things that we're now going to get into that are costs for new construction. Yes. So you buy a new home. Now, your closing costs are different. You oftentimes now have to pay for a tree. Yeah, which you may or may not get. The tree is usually a pool of, money, a pool of money for the community correct. or the street, whatever. That's right. So you're going to pay five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks to get a tree. Maybe. That you might not get. Right. Yes. <laughs> you're also going to pay for driveway paving. Yes. Unless you want gravel. I don't even know if they'll allow you to do it. But I saw it in Guelph. We had a listing in, or sorry, uh, Woodstock. Yeah, well. They didn't do it. Woodstock. Different market. Although, great place to invest. Yeah. I like Woodstock as an investment. Long term, five to ten years, you're doubling your money. Yeah. Um, hydro energization. Hydro, hydro energization cost. 
get some hydro to the property. You're going to need that. Yeah. So they charge you all these things. Big deposits for levies. Now, um, you'll get that back in most cases. You got yours back after 12 years. It took me 12 years to get it back. It was only 750 bucks, but it took Did me 12 years. Did they pay you interest years. on it? No, no of interest on it. So think about that. If they sold a thousand homes, collected 750 bucks, they're sitting on three quarters of a million dollars for 12 years. Right. And now I, uh, this year we helped somebody with some new construction deposits are thousands of dollars. I think it was like 7,500 bucks. Client of mine just purchased a brand new home in Oakville. It's almost a $200,000 deposit. That's another thing. Yeah. Deposits. They're holding, I mean, let's compare that. Let's say you buy a million dollar house in Halton region, our market, common deposit for resales about 50 grand. You might be able to get away with less even. Yep. Um, new construction, 180. Huge. Yeah. So you're 150 if you're lucky. Right. And so the and house you're is taking, you're out of pocket that money for up to two years. Right. And if it's a condo, maybe even longer. Well, if, well, if it's a condo, I mean, the your deposit is less, less but, but you're not getting interest on it. Your money's sitting there. You're probably paying interest on it because most people are pulling it out of the line of credit. That's right. So. That's a huge loss. Hundred grand on your line of credit is costing you four hundred and fifty bucks a month in interest. Right, adds up. Um, then you got to buy the appliances. Yeah, you got to buy the window, window coverings. coverings. You got fence. You got to put a fence in. You got to get an AC. AC installed. Some of them come with appliances and AC, but not all. And if they do, they're shit. And then you're not even touching backsplashes or doing any kind of paint. decor things. Paint. The builders paint, you touch it and your fingerprints Although left in the wall. I would say 70% of homes that are on the resale market didn't get advised paint. properly and yeah. they didn't paint the home for sale. Right. If you're selling your, your home and it's more than a, I don't care what age it is actually, paint the damn thing. It's the best. Paint, new light fixtures, deep cleaning. If you do those three things, you will get more money for your home. Yes. Thanks for listening to episode 69. We got to wrap this up. Um, make well, sure. Hey, what was the point of that? I'm not, I just want to premise this by saying new construction is not a bad idea. It's just, it's an option. Well, it's not a bad option. This, it's just a very different option. This specific person is budgeting. Oh, okay. And wanted to know, do I even have enough money? Right. And what is the difference? Right. Like, should I consider new build? Because we can help them buy a new build home too. We've done lots of them in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. So it doesn't matter to me. And in fact, sometimes I'm happy builders, doing it as advice. I don't Builders care. sometimes pay us more for it. Yeah. So it's, that's not a factor. The um, question is what, what's best for you? Sometimes, right. sometimes for some people, the new construction might be a good option. If you're buying a small condo and you don't have the funds yet or you need, you know, you want that two to three year wait. Sure. Put your money into it. But... We're listing a property, a beautiful estate home. They, they're in the process of buying a brand new build, which won't close until late 2021. Okay. They're going to sell their home with us now. You know why? Why? Because they know exactly then the amount of money that they're dealing with. Right. You have to buy and sell in the same market. Well, that's what screwed people over in 2017. That's right. People bought, preemptively bought their new home, yeah. carried essentially both homes on on title, if you will, well, sort of. Um, they, they kept their primary residence until 
just a few months before their new home closed, which makes sense. You want to line up closing dates and you don't want to move twice, whatever. But you sold your existing resale home now in a different market that just happened to have a pullback. Yeah. And now you got 20% less equity than you thought you would have, which affected your affordability on the new home. Tons of people couldn't close. They could not afford the house anymore. So it's a risk you got to be... Anyway, so this, of. this person was just asking me for budgeting purposes. So if I do buy a new home, you know, what can I expect? So your out-of-pocket expenses are much higher. Yes. Resale home, moving ready. But I don't know, maybe you don't want somebody's stinky old house or... My least favorite thing about new construction, which I've done, is... The dust and the dirt. Dust and dirt. Messy. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not nice. Like it's no no trees. Yeah, and, the trees aren't mature. You don't have any parks yet. You don't mm-hmm. have any uh, amenities really. We had to live through that in our existing homes and it took, what, five, six years long at least. Time. Long time. Yeah. Now it's worth it, but we've been there for well, and 10 very, years. They're so. very transient. Lots of people move in, move out. You don't really know your neighbors long. They flip really quickly in the beginning. Right. It takes five to 10 years That's for why people, people to like settle mature, in. That's why people like mature neighborhoods, quiet streets. Especially if you have kids. The home we sold on Dewar, great example. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. That's it, that episode note. 69. Thanks for listening. Hey, leave a comment and talk to us. Talk to us. Let us know what you want us to talk about in the next episode. I'm actually thinking of doing an episode while you're away. So really? I might need a guest. All right. I'll find one.